The doctor will see you now. But do they really? Do they see you as a mother who's a daughter and a caregiver? Fearless, but sometimes fearful. A health nut with a French fry habit. An O-positive geologist named Patty, who's here today for a melanoma exam. At Kaiser Permanente, we believe the only way to care for all of you is by seeing all that is you. Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Learn more at kp.org. This is Ford and Vegas, a true crime podcast for the ages with two friends who hate each other. I'm Ford. And I'm Vegas. We have a great show planned for you this evening. The reason why I am by myself here, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. But uh, the wife has COVID. So now this has turned into ground zero here. Uh, at my house so vegas cannot be here tonight in the studio loft to boogie down jones so he is um on location vegas where are you tonight uh i am somewhere between uh hell and uh southern california i'm not sure what where but i'm somewhere in between beautiful yeah beautiful yeah so we got a lot to get to tonight uh hopefully you uh, hopefully uh, Vegas will sound okay uh, to your ears. And next week we should be back uh, to normal Vegas right here to my right. Uh, before we dive in, we got a lot to talk about as we always do. And we got some a story that we didn't get to last week, but we got a Patreon comment. So if you want to be a, a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com forward slash Ford in Vegas. That's F-O-R-D-A-N-D, Vegas. You could be a subscriber and you can get this podcast that you're listening right now. You get it ad-free for $3 a month. That's right. Just $3 a month gets this show ad-free and uh, it helps support the show and uh, pay Vegas's very, very steep contract. I mean, I signed an awful contract when I signed him. Awful. Just way too much money. So $3 a month ad-free, patreon.com forward slash Ford in Vegas. So we got a comment here from uh, Derek the Zinger, longtime listener. Says, Ford, I think the reason you dropped Steve McMichael's name last week was because of the backyard burial story you talked about involving McKinnon and Dent. Those names made me think of the 85 Bears. And I, I could see that, Vegas. I could see that, Dent and McKinnon. Yeah, yeah, because McMahon and Richard Dent. So Dent, obviously, direct uh, correlation to the same last name. And yeah. McKinnon and McMahon, very similar. But you're not a Bears fan, so I'm surprised that you would come up with that. Well, I had to, I had to read the comment uh, because, you know, it's the right thing to do, but uh, yeah, I don't like the Bears, but we'll talk more. We'll talk a little sports at the end of the show uh, because we got a lot to get to, Vegas. I, uh, first of all, I'd like to also thank everybody who has come out and listened to and supported the show. I know looking at our YouTube, you think we've only been around for four weeks. That's not true. We've been around for a long time, Vegas. We were doing this before the word podcast was really a thing like the word existed but nobody knew what it was and i know that you're looking at the youtube going four shows oh these guys are rookies no we're not rookies baby we're seasoned vets we're just four weeks into this true crime podcast and uh vegas so far so good it's been extremely successful yes yes it has and and you know definitely thank everybody that has taken the time to listen to view to watch to do whatever they do um because yeah we've getting we got a lot of comments a lot of uh people coming all over the world which is great to see you know it's amazing when we started out like if you were if you had people in all different states, that was cool. Yeah. You're like, oh, hey, they're different states. That's cool. Now you have people all over the world listening to yeah. you and, and knowing my voice because my voice is the best voice on this show. Uh, that's what they tell me anyway. 
Um, you know, but we, your, your name is first on the marquee for, um, you know, contractual reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those reasons only. Yeah, exactly. So last week, I know we crammed a lot into last week's show. So, um, I want to touch on something that, uh, we didn't get to last week. Now, normally on this true crime show, we've talked a lot of death, 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 death. And that's really been the nature the crux of the crimes, so to speak. This cr- This story, though, a little different, but still a crime, I believe, in in all 50 states, or if it's not in all 50 states, it's definitely a crime in the state in which these two clowns live in. Vegas, a Michigan mom who fell in love with her, get, get ready for this, her biological son says a rare genetic phenomenon is responsible for their red hot romance. That's right. Kim West. Kim West, no relation to the former Kim Kardashian West, no relation to Kanye. These are a couple of white people. Kim West is 57. She got pregnant as a teenager and gave up her baby boy, Ben Ford. No relation to me, I promise. For adoption in the mid-80s. Ford, who is now 38, the same age as me, until tomorrow, tracked down his mother eight years ago. So he's 30. He tracks down his mother, his biological mother, somebody he wanted to know. He wanted to know. He wanted to meet her. Vegas, I know you had a little bit of a different situation, but I'm sure you would have wanted to meet, you know, meet your biological mother. I'm sure if the Uh situations were a little different. Uh So he tracks her down. Now, this is all normal. This is normal stuff. Trying to track down your mom who gave you up for adoption. So he finds her and they form they form a quick bond, which is great. It's great. You get to rekindle a, a lost relationship with your mother. That is amazing. But things quickly turned sexual and they went public with their incestuous relationship in 2016 with West boasting that she had mind blowing sex with her son. The couple has subsequently kept a low profile in a bid to avoid being prosecuted for their illegal (laughs) sexual relations, but say science is the reason they can't keep their hands off each other. That's right. It's science's fault. This is not incest. It is GSA. We are like peas in a pod and are meant to be together, West declared, speaking about a phenomenon known as genetic sexual attraction. Vegas, are you familiar with this? Uh, No, I have not heard of this. Um... So I'll tell you about it. The phenomenon was first identified back in the 80s by Barbara Ganiel. She's a woman who ran a Chicago-based support group for uh, adoptees and their newfound relatives. She coined the term GSA after noting that numerous people associated with the group became sexually attracted to their family members when they first met as adults. Psychologist Corrine Sweet previously told uh, New Day that she has come across the phenomenon while treating patients who had been in foster homes. At a genetic level, We are conditioned to find people who look like us attractive. We have an almost tribal connection with family members with similar features. At the same time, people who are adopted or fostered feel deeply rejected. They have experienced a profound wound, which isn't easily healed. She further explains, so when a son meets his birth mother, he feels a great rush of need. There's an attraction and a longing there. And when it's combined with the appeal of genetic similarity, it becomes a very powerful and complex cocktail, which is incredibly seductive. However, medical experts who are normal are skeptical of GSA, with New York City sex therapist Ian Kerner telling Women's Health that the phenomenon has never actually been scientifically studied. I think that our mating systems tend to seek out genetic difference more than similarity, he declared. In the case of incest or romantic love between family members, I think you have to look at these at a a case by case instead of generalizing it as a disorder or a genetic condition. However, West and Ford, that's Mama West and son Ford, say GSA adequately explains the instant attraction they felt for one another. I know people will say we're, we're disgusting. Uh, rightfully so and we should be able to control our feelings but when you're hit by a love so consuming you are willing to give up everything for it you have to fight for it 
West told New Day. The loved up mama continued, it's a once in a lifetime chance, something Ben and I are not willing to walk away from. Her equally shameless son said, when I met Kim, I couldn't think of her as my mom, but instead as a sexual being. I had seen a therapist at an adoption support group and had learned about the GSA phenomenon, making relationship that are more shocking. Get ready for this, Vegas. That Ford, the son, Ben Ford, I shouldn't say Ford because it makes it sound like I'm talking about myself. Ben Ford, Ben, the son, no relation to me, was married at the time that they met. The smitten son soon dumped his wife (laughs) in order to be in a relationship with his mom. Ben told New Day that he couldn't get his mother off his mind, saying to his spouse once, every time I have had sex with you since I met her, I imagine it's her I am kissing. Otherwise, I can't perform. Meanwhile, Wes said, It felt as if she had her son, if she and her son had, quote, known each other for years after they met as adults, describing their sex as incredible and mind-blowing. But the couple should be careful, because bragging about their hot sex has incestuous relationships between adults are punishable by up to 15 years in prison in their home state of Michigan. Anyone found guilty of such an offense? would be required to sign the, in the, uh, sign the sex offenders registry for life. Vegas, your thoughts on this hot mama son loving? I don't get it. Like at first, when you told me about this story, I had to ask you, was this the son having sex with his adopted mother? Because then it wouldn't be incestuous because it would be, a mother that, you know, he adopted, so they wouldn't be blood, but you're like, Oh no, 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 no. He was adopted, but this is having sex with his real birth mother. Biological. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like they're bragging about it. Like, how are they not in jail? Yeah. It's a crime. Now, I mean, the question is now I only ask this as like a devil's advocate, but why, (laughs) I guess there's really no, good good way to ask this technically speaking why is it illegal if it's if it's two people who want to be doing it because i think it 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 comes down to the um having a kid okay i think because like i can understand if like the the child was being forced you know to have sex with his mom or if a girl was being forced to have sex with her dad like obviously like okay well that's Hello. But yeah. when they're both like, no, we want to be doing this. It's like, well, I mean, if you really want to do it, <laughs> if you if you really want to be weird and and messed up and fucked up, then I I mean, okay. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I understand it's gross. Like, I mean, morally, downright disgusting. But at the same time, I'm like, they're technically they're two adults. And if they want to shag, you know, even though they're related, mother, son, I mean who cares? Meaning like do we have more important things that our court system in Michigan could be worried about. You know, they could try to fix the water in Flint. You know, we, we don't have to really care about uh, Ben Ford and Kim West. If they want to be weird and have, you know, mommy, son, sex and whatever. You know what I'm trying to say, though? Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, there is other things that we probably, uh, you know, should be more worried about than two consenting adults, uh, you know, having sex with each other. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm searching and apparently it's illegal across the United States okay. because of the harm that it can cause to family relationships. But to me, I mean, any relationship can cause that. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> like for me, what, what does the government care if I'm having sex with, you know, a family member? Yeah. Like I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I get that it's fucked up. I'm not saying that it's not like I understand it, you know, but I mean, if they want to do it, whatever, you know, like for me, if it's two adults, who cares? I bro, you want to have sex with your mom? Go ahead. You know, that's on you. You're you're cross the bear. You have the answer to whoever you think you're going to have to answer when you're dead. I'll let you do that. I'll let you have that fight. I don't give a shit. But to like put them away for 15 years maximum, make them sign a registered sex offender list when it's like a consensual thing. I don't know. 
seems a little we got better things to do at our time but that's just me yeah no we we definitely do have better things to do with our time but i do think the main reason why incest is illegal is because because people are sick and they have sex with their sisters and brothers and moms and dads is because of the genetic birth defects uh you know because obviously bringing a child into the world uh that is probably really effed up in terms of you know their genetics and and probably have a debilitating disease or something like that like that's kind of you know that's kind of mean um so but yeah these people are crazy they should be prosecuted but it is a little harsh to put them on the sex registry which most people think of when you think they're on these uh sexual predator registry is uh, pedophiles yeah which these people aren't pedophiles they're, no, just, they're just weird brain dead yeah. you know incestuous beings so if you're first if you're listening to this show for the very first time thank you remember to hit the subscribe button or hit the follow button if you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching on youtube thanks again we appreciate the support and you could comment in the comments below or you could tweet us uh, at FV uh, True Crime on Twitter and uh, let us know what you think about uh, mommy and son knocking the boots and and should they should they do time? I mean, I think it's a little waste of waste of time, but whatever. So on this show, if you're new here, every week, as long as 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 there's something available, every week we like to talk about a cold case that was solved. I personally feel like cold cases are very important. And they should be solved for the family members, for the criminals who are still alive, who committed the crimes. And and, and I think cold cases are very important. So every week I try to find a cold case uh, that we could talk about and, and we can we can celebrate over um, a crime being solved. And this one, Vegas, is out of Galt, California. Can you find where Galt, California is? This show is in Southern California coming to you from the uh, Boogie Down Loft Jones in, in Huntington Beach. I don't know where Galt is. I'm assuming it's north. Uh, yes. Okay. Galt uh, is a city in Sacramento County. Okay. Uh, which, uh, let's see. It hood. is Yeah, it's south of Sacramento, north of Stockton. Okay. California. Well, Stockton's in the hood. We know some people that live in Stockton. Yeah. You and I. That's in the, the G-Hedda. So, for more than three decades, the killing of 79-year-old Lucille Hutgren in her home in Galt, had gone unsolved. It's been uh, the small Sacramento County community's sole cold case murder. That's it, the only one. But now a DNA match on the victim's fingernail scrapings has identified Holtgren's killer, a transient and sex offender who lived under a bridge on Highway 99 until his death in 2011. The fingernails were the key to solving the case. Sacramento County District Attorney Anne Marie Schubert said during a press conference, Holkren was found dead in her home on May 23rd, 1988. I had just celebrated my fifth birthday three days prior by two friends who had come to check on her after she missed church. Galt Police Chief Brian Kalinowski said she had been strangled, stabbed, and sexually assaulted. The coroner believed the killing had happened two to five days before her body was found. Holtgren was an active member of her church and the mother of two adult sons, one of whom has since died. The killing happened soon after the death of her husband, and the last time one of her sons had seen her alive was on Mother's Day. She lived a modest life by all accounts, she said. Her church and her faith were very important to her. Authorities identified Holtgren's killer as Terry Leroy Bramble. He was a longtime resident of Galt who was never on the radar of police of the police until his death from natural causes. But his DNA was on file from a sex assault case in uh, San Joaquin County. The authorities are hoping to learn more information about advances in analyzing DNA evidence over the years have reached the point to where what we used to require a sample size of a quarter now can be quote less than a billionth of the size of a sweet and low package schubert said now police are canvassing other jurisdictions to see if there are any commonalities with other cold cases in the region schubert said that holkren's body was the silent witness who revealed her killer 
though his motives are still unknown and probably will forever be unknown, seeing he's been dead for 11 years. Schubert uh, says that the son's, the victim's son wished the suspect was still alive so that he could face justice. She said, quote, I too wish this person was still alive so we, said we could prosecute him and put him in prison. But sometimes justice doesn't lead us that way. Holkren's 78-year-old son, Henry Holtgren, told KCRA3 that he was grateful to everyone involved who helped solve the case. Quote, thank you, everybody. It's one less cross I've got to bear, and it's a big one. Always has been. End quote. So she was 79 when she was murdered. Her son is almost the same age when they finally find her killer, Vegas. Another cold case solved because technology continues to advance. Yeah, I mean it's good news, and as I've as I've always said, um, you know these these cold cases being solved definitely brings the closure to the families uh, and helps them move on, no matter how uh, long it's been uh, since they uh, since they've happened. Yeah, so thank God. That. Yeah, always, I, I always say that. You've always said that. That's always say your, I've always said that. Yeah. Mm, yep. Always said it. You've always stuck to that. Always stuck to it. Been straight and narrow the whole time. Never Thank God we have these police departments in these small towns of Galt, California, uh, and so on and so forth to solve these cold cases because the, it brings closure and and just it's it's just great days for the family of these uh, uh, innocent victims. The part of that story that that got me was the fact that it was the only cold case in Galt. They well, now have no cold cases. I mean, it has a it has a population of twenty three thousand. Oh, that's not many. So I mean, it's not a lot. I I mean, I wouldn't think they have a lot of murders in Galt, California. Uh, actually, you know what? Let me search. I will search uh, murders. Per in capita. Galt. <laughs> per capita in Galt. There's California. Probably, what, maybe two or three? Two maybe a year? Three? Uh, okay, so here we go. They actually have some of this information. Beautiful. It's the internet. Uh, it's the power yeah. of the internet. Yep. So... So in 2000, now this is from 2019, okay? So it is a couple years old, but we can infer that it's probably right there. Uh, crime rate in Galt, California is 166, uh, which is 1.6 times smaller than the U.S. average. I'm trying to see now murders. Okay, now murders per 100,000. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we're going to go, we have to go all the way back, ladies and gentlemen, all the way back to 2015. Uh, there was one uh, murder yeah. in Galt. Uh, and then since then, there's been zero murders. Um, but last year, uh, now this is again, one in 100,000. There's only 23,000 residents. So you can kind of get it. But there were 10 rapes uh, in 2019 in Galt, California, 15 robberies, 52 assaults, 71 burglaries, 340 thefts, 38 auto thefts, and seven people decided to set fire to different things. <laughs> yes. But not a lot of murder. Not a lot of murder. Yeah, you have to go back. When you, when you have these these small towns, unless somebody from out of town comes in and starts killing everybody, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows yeah. everybody. You see the same faces every day. Everybody knows everybody in those small towns. That's why a lot of times when you have these small town murders, it's somebody from out of town. Now, the guy that killed uh, Hutgren was a homeless member of the Galt community. So, well, I'm glad that they they solved that case. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, the good news is where uh, we are, are residing in the uh, Huntington Beach area. Uh, all, there have only been three murders uh, this year. So that's uh, a good thing. The average. Now, if you were wondering, uh, Ford, if you were wondering, what are my chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime in California? It's one in 227 people in Huntington Beach. It's one in 403 people. So you are you need 403 people in a room and one will be a will be a victim of violent crime. So not terrible odds. No. No. You should be okay. It's pretty safe. Good, good. Then I will yes. leave my front door unlocked tonight. Oh, uh, you definitely should. Yeah. Is it that safe? <laughs> no. No, I don't think it's that no, safe. No. I have forgotten to lock my door like when I've left my house, but I, I, I there's been one or two times where the door was left unlocked all night. And obviously we survived, but you don't want to make that a 
a habit. And I don't think that's a violent crime unless they come in with guns or something. I mean, if they're just breaking your house, I don't know if that's violent. No, no, I was talking about getting murdered in my sleep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could have that. I mean, uh, there you go. Stay yeah, that, on a recorded line. <laughs> that would be dangerous. I'm a law abiding citizen. Yeah, it's weird not having you like in, in studio, but still being on the show. <laughs> I know it's weird. I feel like I need you. I need your physical smell and touch. Oh, wow. This is turned romantic and erotic really quickly. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird not having you here in the studio loft, Boogie Down Jones. But uh, this uh, my my small living room has been turned into an ICU unit. So <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want uh, COVID. Uh, I'm not one of those people that are like, "Whoa, I'm going to go get COVID." No, I'd rather not get it. If yeah. I do get it. I don't want to know that I'm, you know, I don't want to be like, well, I'm going to go with to somebody's house that I know has COVID. Well, that's that's kind of stupid. You know, that's the funny thing is, you know, we, we know somebody personally, you and I both, Nate's, as we know him, he's done shows with us in the past, but uh, his wife got it and he was like, well, I guess I'm just going to get it. And he didn't change at all his life. Yeah. And I uh, ended up in the hospital. Uh, I uh, am not one of those. Well, I guess I'm just going to get it. <laughs> and uh, no. I, I have been sleeping on the couch. Uh, my wife has been double masked. That's her choice, by the way. But she's been double masked whenever anyone's around. She's sleeping in our bedroom by herself. Uh, it's It's been a, a, a completely uh, isolated for the most part. She doesn't eat dinner with us at the table. She eats dinner in the small living room. Like I said, it's our, it's now the ICU. And she, she eats in the small living room. We eat at the dinner table. And um, I've been cooking all the food. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doing my best to not get COVID. So, and it also helps that, you know, I'm even more encouraged to not get it because, you know, tomorrow is uh, my 39th birthday, as I've made reference here. And and I would prefer not to have COVID on my birthday. And uh, I'm glad that the wife got it now and not in like, you know, 2020 back when it was all, you know fired up and we didn't have uh, vaccines and we didn't have an idea and we didn't have anything prepared. Uh, it's good that she got it in 2022 where she is vaccinated and got, she, uh, I think she has one booster shot. So yeah, I mean, she's fine. Thought it was a sinus infection was away for 10 days in LA and uh, came home that night tested on Monday and um, it was COVID. So yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing my part to uh, stop the spread and not have my wife spread it to me. That's probably a good thing, yeah. Because you, you don't want COVID. Nobody nobody wants COVID. But, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned uh, Nate's because uh, he was the only one uh, that got it uh, out of the household. So he's the one that didn't go into separate rooms. Everybody else was in separate rooms in a way. So, you know, we all know how that happened. Um, yeah, I'd, I would not want to deliberately go to somebody's house and 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 be there with covid no but next week you will be uh you will be back in the studio loft uh boogie down jones so yep on a previous show that we used to do um dating back to like 2017 we did a bit on those shows called uh, Vegas's Picks of the Week, where you would give gambling picks for people to bet on. Well, now uh-huh. that we're doing true crime, we're starting a new Vegas's Pick segment, and we'll debut it tonight. Not right now, but we will debut it on this show. It's Vegas's Mugshot Pick of the Week, and oh. uh, Vegas, we're going to create a little a little intro ditty because I don't we don't have one. Because we're in this, we just really just kind of came up with this here before we came on the show. And the idea hit me. And I thought it would be fun. And you found a mugshot. And, and here we are. So um, Vegas's mugshot pick of the week. I'm excited for the debut tonight, Vegas. Yeah, me too. I, I picked a great mugshot. I can't wait for you to show it to, uh, you know, everybody there. Uh, and we can take a look at it. An Alaska man is facing charges in Oregon for killing a man whose identity he stole has now been indicted on murder charges in the death of his missing roommate seven months earlier. What? Yeah. You see, Aaron Mitchell Haig, he's 33. He's currently awaiting trial for the 2021 murder of Anthony Elkhorn, according to Oregon Live. Haig met Elkhorn, who is an Ohio native, at an Anchorage homeless shelter in the fall of 2020. While at the uh, the Anchorage shelter, Investigators began questioning Aaron Haig uh, about the disappearance of his roommate, John McClelland, who was 61, 
from North Police Alaska in August of 2020. Anthony Haig, however, claimed police were asking the wrong man. He identified himself as his own brother, Jesse Haig, and told police that Aaron was off somewhere in Russia. Authorities say that Aaron Haig then jumped on a plane from Alaska to Seattle on October 1st of 2020 before boarding a train to Portland specifically to avoid questions regarding McClellan's disappearance. In order to do so, Haig allegedly assumed Elkhorn's identity. So in March of 2021, Aaron Haig invited Elkhorn to join him in Portland, promising him solid employment. And as a homeless man, he thought, I could use some solid employment. So instead of solid employment, Elkhorn was found dead in a a wooded grove near Southeast Hogan Road in Gresham, Oregon on March 15, 2021. That's per the Portland Tribune. According to Oregon Live, Elkhorn died of blunt force trauma to the dome. Haig was arrested for Elkhorn's murder on March 30th. 2021. He pleaded not guilty to charges of identity theft and second-degree murder in the case. Authorities now claim that Aaron Haig left North Pole, Alaska and went nearly 400 miles south to Anchorage and eventually to Portland because he killed his old roommate, Mr. McClelland. Haig was indicted by a grand jury on charges of first-degree murder in the death of McClelland as filed with the 4th Judicial District of the Superior Court for Alaska. So you want to talk about places where a lot of murders probably don't happen. Alaska probably ranks high on that list as well. This is a step in the right direction, uh, in the right direction. McClellan's daughter, Taylor Wick, told Oregon Live, McClellan and Haig worked together at a property management company prior to McClellan's disappearance in August of 2020. Alaska state troopers allege that Haig used McClellan's phone in August of 2020 to text the missing man's brother, claiming that McClellan had fallen ill before requesting money for his medical care. Authorities checked in with local hospitals, but there was no sign of McClellan until his truck was found abandoned south of town on August 24. Investigators said McClellan's disappearance didn't stop Haig from using the man's bank card between August 14 and August 16 because nothing screams like I want to be caught, like using his bank card. Haig allegedly used McClellan's funds to purchase several items, Vegas, including $1,450 for gaming equipment. Whoa, there we go. He wants to be a gamer on Twitch. McClellan was presumed dead following a civil hearing in July of 2021, where a jury ruled the missing man was most likely died by homicide between August 14 and 16. We believe that he was 100% murdered. The Alaska State Police Sergeant Jeremy Roop <laughs> said at the hearing. 100%. 100%. So there's without a doubt, not 99.9, 100%. Despite numerous searches by his family and authorities, McClellan has never been found. The body has never been found. Haig arrived at the Anchorage homeless shelter where he met Anthony Elkhorn months after McClellan's disappearance, but before he was declared a victim of homicide. 40 people testified before the grand jury before they decided to indict Haig for McClellan's murder, including relatives of McClellan, Haig, and Elkhorn, according to court records. Every step will hopefully help us find more answers or potentially his remains, said Wick. Our ultimate goal, remember Wick's daughter, our ultimate goal is to be able to lay my father to rest in a proper way. This will hopefully get us closer to that. So they're still looking for McClellan's body, but they got the guy who killed. So Haig's murder trial for Elkhorn's death is expected to begin July 25. He will then face charges in McClellan's death following the trial in Elkhorn. So he's got a couple of trials here lined up. He's going to be pretty busy. Yeah, he's he, yeah he's going to be pretty busy. He's got a lot on his calendar there. Um, but uh, as you were talking and I was listening, you would be uh, dead wrong in your assumption that Alaska doesn't have a lot of murders. Really? In fact, Alaska is the fourth highest in the United States at 8.4 murders per 100,000 people. And there were 49 murders in Alaska in 2020. One of them was um, McClelland. And that, or, yeah, 2020. But in 2021, it was the fourth largest. And Alaska is the number one highest volume violent crime rate and the 13th highest property crime rate in the United States wow. last year. 
Why are they so mad? Because it's cold and it's dark yeah. for like six months out of the year yeah. and light for six months, 24 hours a day. You know what? That, you, you could be onto something. That, that, I mean, think about it. I know think about if you. Funny, but you could be right. No, no, I'm serious. I was dead serious. Imagine I you. I like keep using the word dead. I'm dead. I'm dead, dead serious. serious. You'd yeah. be dead wrong. <laughs> you yeah, you dead wrong, dead serious. Yeah. Imagine yeah. waking, ma- imagine going to bed and waking up and it's light out. And it's light 24-7 or it's dark 24-7. That's got to that's gotta F with your psyche, man. So, yeah, you were not correct in assuming that they were wrong. not. You were dead wrong. That's that's how you used to describe that. You said I was dead wrong. Dead wrong. That was the word. Mm-hmm. I, I because I figured because when I when I when I made the the wrong statement, I was thinking I wasn't thinking about the 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 climate, the the you know the sky, how it's dark all the time for six straight months or whatever the hell that number is. It's it's a ridiculous number. Um, I wasn't even thinking about that. When I made the comment, because I was just thinking, it's Alaska. It's not a lot yeah. going on. You'd expect them to that they wouldn't be killing each other at such an alarming rate. But uh, yeah, I think the dark days probably has something to do with that. I would assume uh, it has to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously every year the highest and lower, you know, the lowest murder rates change every every year. But Alaska is always in the top, usually in the top five, because I do see here in 2021 or no says murder rate by state in 2022. So this is just this year. Uh, Louisiana has the highest murder rate with 14.4 murders per 100,000 residents. Uh, Alaska is fifth highest with 10.6 murders per 100,000. And where's New York um, and Chicago? Um, three, two and three. Uh, let's see. Illinois is number nine at 7.8 murders per 100,000. But you also have to realize how many, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are in Chicago compared to, you know, like Alaska, obviously Alaska's population is probably a lot less. That's, that's why the, the murder rate, even though there might be more murders in Illinois due to Chicago, but you know, their higher population area. So for the last several weeks, we've been talking about Lake Mead. If you don't know, or if you have forgotten, they found a body in a barrel that was shot execution style, according to local police. He was wearing clothing from mid to late 70s, the Kmart discount store, when it was discovered on May 1st, in a, a, a corroded metal barrel. It's disgusting. Our research, according to two authors who have wrote books on the mafia, our research has found three possible victims who may be the body in the barrel. The thread that strings these three men together is that they were all linked to the most powerful Las Vegas mob operation at the time, Argent Corp a front company for an organized crime operation that ran some of Las Vegas's top gambling operations. The authors wrote Jeff Burbank is the author of Las Vegas Babylon, true tales of glitter, glamor, and greed. And Jeff Schumacher, the author of sun sin and suburbia, the history of modern Las Vegas contend that one possible identity of the victim could be George J. Vandermark, who vanished in 1976. Vandermark worked at the Stardust Casino. Is Stardust Casino still around, Vegas? No, it is not. So he worked at the Stardust Casino overseeing the slot machines, but facilitated the skimming of between $7 million and $15 million worth of coins, the authors contend, adding, quote, the mob wanted him dead, but we doubt that it is him in Lake Mead. The second identity suggested by the authors William Crespo, who testified before a federal grand jury that ultimately indicted 10 defendants, including an executive for a front company for a mafia operation that supervised some of Las Vegas's chief gambling operations, we can reasonably, by virtue of his owning a boat at Lake Mead, place him at the scene of the dumping grounds around the time the murder may have occurred, the authors surmise. But the leading candidate for the man in the barrel? Authors suggest it is John Pappas, who, according to veteran Las Vegas journalist John L. Smith and the Nevada Independent managed, quote, Lake Mead's Echo Bay Resort, a Teamsters Central States pension fund financed project 
for the Argent Corporation, end quote. Did the outfit fear the Pappas might have something to reveal about the un the, the then unfolding details about skimming at the Argent casinos? The authors asked rhetorically. If so, they had a motive to rub him out. The authors speculate that the infamous murder of Tony Splatro may have killed the dead man, noting his weapon of choice was a 22 caliber pistol equipped with a suppressor and fired into the victim's head. It's going to be a very difficult case, the Las Vegas Metro homicide Lieutenant Ray Spencer had told the 8 News Now investigation team. I would say there's a very good chance as the water levels drop that we're going to find additional human remains, and they have, but uh, Vegas, they have not officially identified the man in the Kmart clothing, but these authors seem to think that it might be Mr. Pappas. I mean, that would be, if it did turn out to be him, that would be pretty impressive that these authors could narrow it down because we both know that uh, Vegas was a huge, uh, you know, mob infested uh, town. So it, it would, they're going to find more remains. I It's because they've been so long. It's probably even though we're like, well, just do dental records and blah, blah, blah. It's probably not that simple. Especially when you're underwater, it, it, it would be, I think, cause bodies, I'm not a medical expert, uh, even though I play one on TV sometimes. Uh, and I did say in the holiday and express a couple weeks ago, but yeah, but, uh, I think it would de- it, the decomposition of a body is different in water than it is if you just bury it in, uh, dirt. So I think it preserves it a little bit more if it's in water than if you're in dirt. So we did show some photos on last week's show when, when after the show, Vegas was like, you told me was, you went way deep on the Lake Mead stuff. <laughs> yes. I was showing you guys on the, on last week's show, I was showing you guys the the levels of where it used to be. And I, 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 I did go a little Lake Mead crazy which I'm not doing this week. If you want to see that, it's in last week's show where I show the levels of where it used to be. But there have been remains found at Lake Mead where there are teeth still intact. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's only a matter of time before we get some answers and see who's in those barrels. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And yeah, knowing that these authors now have put some odds on it, see what I did there. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if they're correct. Yeah. I, they know more than we do. So I would say they might not, they might not know exactly who it might end up being somebody else, but I think they're in the, in the good general uh, area, I think. So at the beginning of the show, you see the intro and the last shot you see before you see this beautiful face is the mug shot of John Wayne Gacy, serial killer, John Wayne Gacy, who killed teenage boys and, buried him in his crawl space and i have a vegas what's the it's not an addiction but i have a a fascination yes thank you a fascination not an infatuation but a fascination (laughs) yeah with with serial killers like a lot of people do who, who are listening and watching this show don't forget to hit the subscribe button there if you're watching on youtube or subscribe to the podcast while i'm so i wanted to kind of take some time over the next several weeks Vegas on this show to discuss maybe some serial killers that you and I both and the people watching or listening to this show may not be familiar with. Cause I mean, we all know the greatest hits, right? The Bundys, the Dahmers, the Gacy's, but how about the guys that, that don't have that, that household name? Sounds good to me. Sounds disgusting. Doesn't it? I mean, yes, ultimately it would be disgusting because you know, they're serial killers for reasons, and most of them don't just shoot somebody in the head and forget about it. No, no. They they do other things. Mm-hmm. Like Robert Berdella, B-E-R-D-E-L-L-A, Vegas, if you want to be looking this guy up while we talk uh-huh. about Robert Berdella. He's got, I, you know, s- some people feel like the psychologists feel like we shouldn't give these guys like cool nicknames, you know, cool taglines because that just creates the the allure of wanting to be a serial killer, you know, if you're already dysfunctional in the head, which I can understand. And this guy had a cool-ass nickname. And, you know, I can understand why this guy was almost proud of, of, of who he became and what he did. Vegas, Robert Berdella was nicknamed the Butcher of Kansas City. I mean, that's a cool nickname. You like the Butcher nickname. I do. I do. Yeah. I do. So 
the timeline here of what we're thinking, and and I'm sure throughout the 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 time that we do this show, there isn't a there aren't there haven't been good serial killer stories over the last several years. I think a lot of it has to do with the technology that's available, not only solving crimes, but also everyone's got a camera on their phone. Yeah. It's very hard to hide. You know, this guy, Mr. Mr. Berdella, the butcher of Kansas City, he's killing people in 84 to 87. That was a prime serial killer years. He was arrested on April 2, 1988. So how did he do it? What did he do? Who's he killing? Berdella was was apprehended. We'll start with the end and then we'll work our way back. He was apprehended on April 4th, 1988 after a victim that he had been torturing for a week jumped naked from the second story of his house and escaped. By that time, he had abducted and tortured at least six young men and the Kansas City Police Department suspected him in two other disappearances. Berdella had detailed torture logs and large numbers of Polaroid pictures he had taken of his victims. For those of you who uh-huh. don't know, Polaroids used to be a camera where you took the picture and then the picture literally came out of the bottom of the picture of the camera. And then you like shook it and you let it sit. And then five minutes later, you had a photo. So that's a Polaroid because there's, I'm sure some people out here who don't know what those are. Volumes of pictures were recovered by the Kansas City Police Department, over 200 of them to be exact. And they remain in their possession. The Kansas City Police Department has kept the the photos. He claimed that he was trying to help some of his victims by giving them antibiotics after torturing them. He tried to gouge one of his victims' eyes out, all to see what would happen. He buried one victim's skull in his backyard and put the dismembered bodies out for the weekly trash pickup. The bodies were never recovered, but left in the landfill. That's the thing about this guy, Vegas. He killed at least six men. There's still, to this day, has never been a body. Well, yeah, a whole body. Yeah, there's been skulls, but there's never been a whole body. Yeah, yeah. So none that's of his weird. Victims, none of his victims got a proper burial. Yeah, that's never good. So a few months before the arrest was made, Berdella was offered a ride home from a bar by people who noticed that he was too intoxicated to drive. On the way back, Berdella allegedly told stories about young men that he had abducted and tortured in the previous months. It was not taken seriously at the time, considering his advanced state of intoxication. Now, something tells me, Vegas, you can't do that these days. No, no. I, I don't think if I'm drunk and I'm in an Uber and I'm like, hey, dude, listen, I the I tortured and killed some young men the last couple months. It's been great. Like, I'm pretty sure the Uber driver, one, would probably kick me out and two would probably call the police right away. Yeah, you sure hope so. Yeah. He claimed that the film version of John Foles, The Collector, in which the protagonist kidnaps and imprisons a young woman had been his inspiration when he was a teenager, but he didn't kill young women. He killed, he killed young men. Jerry Howell, uh, Jerry Howell was 20 years old and he killed him on July 5, 1984. Remember he took, he kept note, very, very descriptive notes. And these dates are all valid. So, yeah, he died Jerry Howell 20, July 5, 1984. Robert Sheldon, who you will see his skull here on the, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Robert Sheldon was 18. He died on April 19, 1984. Mark Wallace was 20 years old. He died on June 22, 1985. James Ferris who you will see on the on the uh, camera there. He was 20, September 26, 1985. Todd Stoops, who you will see on camera being electrocuted. That's right. He electrocuted him. 21 years old, June 17, 1986, was the day that he was murdered. And Larry Pearson, who you will also see up here on the cam. He was also 20. He died July 9, 1987 Vegas. It's a very, you know, it's a shame when I guess it's a shame when anybody dies, right? Especially this way by these means. But I feel like it's really a shame when it's young people because they just never had a chance in life. And it was 
taken away very, very soon. All these kids, the oldest one being 21 years old. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, um, you know, you know, old people die every day. It sucks for the families, but that's just the circle of life. I mean, that, that happens. We all know it's happens. We all know we're going to die eventually. Um, but the fact that these, uh, you know, kids or young men, I guess, if you're 21, I guess you're a young man at that point, uh, you know, they're doing, they're going about their daily lives and, and everything's good. And then all of a sudden some sick bastard comes up and, and, and abducts you and then does all sorts of, I mean, th- these pictures, I mean, I'm looking at some of these pictures and geez, I mean, th- there's like the guy that's like being electrocuted, uh, stoops, uh, he, he's literally, you could see his eyes, like, just like this, like you could feel the pain Mm -hmm. in the guy's eyes that he's getting 7,700 volts of electricity. Um, or James Ferris, who you just see, you know, needles injected into his back. Uh, It's just like, I I can never imagine uh, somebody being able to do this to people. So April 2, 1988 is a day he's busted. So that day, a neighbor of Bordella stepped outside to find a naked stranger crouching on his porch. The 22-year-old was wearing nothing but a dog collar buckled around his neck, and he blurted out a tale of sexual abuse that sent Bordella's neighbor racing for the telephone to call police. According to the victim, he had been held captive in Bordella's home the past five days, subjected to repeated sexual assaults before he finally clambered through a second story window and escaped detectives picked up uh, picked bordella up and searched his home for evidence in doing so they opened up a grim pandora's box of horror in the house police discovered some 200 photographs of naked men the subjects bound and clearly suffering from cruel abuse torture devices were also seized in the raid along with a pair of human skulls occult literature and a satanic ritual robe that weekend, the te- deputies unearthed bone fragments and other human head and another human head in Berdella's backyard. On April 4, 1988, Robert Berdella was arranged. Um, sorry, he was arraigned on seven counts of sodomy, one count of felonious restraint, and one count of first degree assault. Bail was initially set at five hundred thousand. Revoked the next day when officers testified that one of the men. In Bordella's photographs, trussed up, hanging by his ankles, appeared to be dead. While uh, while excavation continued on Bordella's property and prosecutors contemplated murder charges, homicide investigators started checking out their list of missing persons dating back to 1984. A bargained guilty plea on one count of murder co-signed Bordella to prison for life but authorities suspected him in at least seven other deaths. So that's eight total. On December 19, 1988, Berdella pled guilty to first-degree murder in the death of victim Robert Sheldon and to four counts of second-degree murder involving additional male victims. He was sentenced to a term of life imprisonment, during which he died due to natural causes. Now, there was something else I learned when they were doing all of this there around that April 2 date in Missouri, they have the law, at least back then. I don't know if it still stands today. But Vegas, they only had 20 hours to collect evidence to bring to you know bring murder charges or anything like that. They only had 20 hours. Now you're thinking, okay, well, who cares? It's April 2. That weekend was also Easter weekend. So it was a time crunch. They were in a hurry to get this thing together over the weekend because they only had 20 hours. And that's probably why, you know, they only had one skull and that was Sheldon's. That was all they had. And you can't have a, you can't have a murder without a body. So Sheldon, that's the only reason. That's the reason why Sheldon's the only, his his quote unquote official charge was for Sheldon because everybody else's bodies were stuffed in garbage bags and put out at the curb. Okay. Which is genius. If we're, if we're, if we're going to speak honestly, it's genius to chop people up and stick them in garbage bags and let the garbage men take them. But that's why he's only charged with Sheldon's because that's the only body part they had because he kept his skull 
he kept his human skull. I mean, the dudes, I mean, the, the dude got off easy, you know, dying three and a half years uh, or sorry, four years and two months is what he spent uh, in prison. Cause he died of a heart attack. Um, so he, he got lucky. Uh, you know, he should have been, I mean, honestly, he, these people should be put to death, but I do understand why the prosecutors probably got the plea deal, even though he told, apparently he told the prosecutors uh, what happened. Oh yeah. Every one of so, them. He, they had the journals. Yeah. So but they like, had you, no body. That's true. And back then, now you could probably prosecute them with just the journals, uh, you know, to, to murder. Cause now the old saying no body, no crime or something. Like that. No th- body, yeah. That no was murder. the old saying, but I think like Lisa Peterson and, a couple of those other, uh, you know, Lacey, no, it was Lacey Peterson uh, and Stacy something in, in uh, you know, uh, Chicago area. They they never found their bodies, but yet they're, uh, you know, people are in prison. But I don't think they got convicted of murder, though. Yeah. So that it's very hard to prove murder when you don't have a victim. Yeah. The intangible evidence was overwhelming, leading detectives to realize a death, if not more than one, had occurred on Berdella's property. But there was no body it was most difficult to convince a judge to seriously consider merger charges when there was no corpse to prove that a murder had occurred. Otherwise, Vegas, he could just be writing uh, horror stories, really. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't, I mean, granted, they did have pictures, (laughs) okay? But, uh, you know, it's still hard to prove in 88 without a body. So the skull and vertebrae located early in the, excavation of the yard were sent into the lab for positive identification as Berdella had so many odd artifacts in his store and house. It was difficult to determine what was authentic and what was not because he owned a business. Oh, the name's not here. It's uh, it's Bob's bizarre bizarre. Thank you. Yeah. His, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Bob's bizarre bizarre. Cause he was yep. bizarre. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh uh what does it say uh curiosities from the world's far corners yeah or ethel ethan knowledge what i can't pronounce that i'm that's having okay. one of uh ford's brain farts that's okay but yeah this this dude i, I, I and i as i told you earlier serial killers they have like they are some weird people man yeah like to be a serial killer you have to be effed up in the head like to commit murder I don't think, I mean, you still have to have a little bit of a screw loose, but not all the way loose, kind of yeah. just loosened up enough. But a yeah. serial killer, man, that screw's falling out on the floor. So um, like we like to do on this show, if you're listening for the very first time, thank you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button or the follow button wherever you may be watching and or listening. We like to end these shows on some happy notes. Ford and Vegas are ready to go. Don't call them Dick and Joe Talking crime, sports and nonsense They disagree, it gets intense If it's not one thing, it's another That's something we'll uncover And soon you will discover They're two friends who hate each other Gordon Vegas All right, Vegas, let's give us some uh, quick hits here, and then we will do your um, mug shot of the week, and then we'll give a little update on our our bet that we made last week. Yeah, we can skip that part. But anyway, let's get into a little bit of news, a little bit of wackies, a little bit of good things. Let's go. First of all, did you know, Ford, that you probably didn't because you're not one of these, but did you know 12% of moms say that they use their smartphones during sex? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't either. No. Cause I don't have sex with moms. Mine doesn't. Uh, my, it, well, my wife doesn't. It, which she's not one of the 12%. She is not. Which is weird. Cause 12% like is the sex that bad that you gotta be on your, on your smartphone? It's like, what are you number. looking up? Good housekeeping. Yeah. Good housekeeping. What what are you doing? Uh, Also um, now this is, this is something uh, that uh, I definitely uh, don't have. uh, But a study has found uh, that if you Ford have six or more friends, you can improve your health. So that explains why I am uh, the way I am not very healthy because I don't have six or more friends. True. Uh, Also speaking of, of crime, uh, 
this this homeowner in the United Kingdom, UK, uh, woke up at 3 a.m. to the sound of someone looking through their cabinet drawers. That would freak me out. The homeowner did investigate and found a man in his living room. Where the when the burglar spotted the homeowner, he ran but came back, which is kind of weird. Explaining that zombies, that's right, zombies were trying to get him, and he felt uncomfortable outside. By the time the homeowner's son was awake at that time and called uh, and held the burglar and called police. So watch out in the UK. There are zombies coming for criminals as well as regular law abiding citizens. Um, Now dogs are stressed. Our dogs, you don't have any uh, for it. I don't have any, but I love the little pooches, but in Switzerland, veterinarians said more and more dogs are suffering from stress and burnout because of quote demanding and quote owners. One researcher said dogs are suffering increasingly from tension, stomach aches and headaches caused by stress. There are a number of factors behind it, but in most cases, stress or demanding owners are to blame. So if your dog is stressed, you're a shitty owner. All right. And lastly, happy birthday. Five years ago in 2017, this month, the fidget spinner was born. That's right. It does seem a lot longer that the little fidget spinner was born, but it was only five years ago. Um, they were selling like crazy. There were so many variations of the fidget spinner had been around for years before. 2017 was when everyone was buying them and sales peaked in May of that year. Many kids and teens began using them in school and some schools also reported that students were trading and selling the spinner toys. And also many school districts banned the toy for being a distraction. Well, no, duh. If you're spinning something in your hand, you're probably not paying attention to what your teacher says. So that is it with the hits of the week. Pretty interesting stuff. I never had a fidget spinner because I was too old and they're pointless. All right. And here is your, and uh, again, we're going to create a little ditty for this little intro, uh, a little intro music Jones here, but here is your Vegas's mugshot of the week. Yes. This, his name is Blake. Lashy Evans. Now, Mr. Evans, he has uh, been incarcerated and arrested for manufacturing, distribution, etc., of ice, crank, crack cocaine. Now, this dude, he must be ecstatic that he got arrested because he gets to show off his looks like, at least to me, gold teeth. That's right. This guy has some gold teeth. He is smiling. He's having a great time. Well, I I don't know if he's going to have a great time in prison. I think he might be on some crank. And that's why he might be doing like that thing with his jaw. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it looks like the jaw is like crooked. He's doing something with it. Like he's like grinding his teeth because he's like all fucked up. Yeah, but he's unless this is a terrible case of gingivitis. Yeah, uh, he probably has some gold in there. Yeah, uh, I would think. So, hey, maybe that gold, those gold teeth can help him post bail. I don't know. I don't have any updates, but. Uh, and there you go. So he's he's excited. Um, mug pick, mug shot pick of the week. So uh, Vegas, before we go, uh, last week we made a bet that the Yankees and White Sox, because I am a Yankees fan, as you could tell by my he's six fucking seven shirt, Aaron Judge that uh, I am a Yankees fan and Joey Vegas is a White Sox fan and they played each other seven times in two weeks and we made a bet. And if you're new to the show, we like to also torture each other with bets because we are two friends who hate each other. And I have some flaming hot jelly bellies over there on the other side of the studio loft, Boogie Down Jones, as well as a bag of like gross ones that could taste like dirty socks and stuff. So we made a bet last week that the team that won the most the other person had to eat that number of jelly bellies, and the the winner gets to choose which ones. Are they hots? Do we do two hots, two knots? However you decide is however the winner will decide. Well, last week, the Yankees played the White Sox four times. So that's Thursday through Sunday, and they won three of the four. So Vegas, because there's only seven games, the Yankees only have to win one more game this weekend, which starts tomorrow on my birthday. So we know the Yankees ain't losing tomorrow. It'll be Yankees-White Sox all weekend. The white the Yankees win one game. And next week on this show, Vegas is going to be tortured. Tortured. Not like Robert Berdella tortured. No, no, no. Although I wish I could send 7,000 volts through his body. He's going to be tortured by his taste buds. That's right, Vegas. One win. One win. 
and I win. Uh, White Sox sweep, no doubt about it. Come from behind victory, down three to one, win four to three. See ya. Ford is eating the jelly beans next week. <laughs> we will find out, and we will be excited for it. And that, of course, will come during our uh, lighter period of the show. It's how I like to end it, with smiles. We'd like to end it with smiles. And next week, there will be plenty of smiles from yours truly, Ford, as Vegas suffers through jelly belly torture. I'm hoping, I'm hoping six. That would be great at the Yankees sweep. But I'm okay with just one victory. I'm okay with winning just tomorrow. So Vegas has to eat four torture beans next week. I'm excited for it. Vegas, I think we're out of time. Yeah, it looks about that time to get on out of here so I can go watch the White Sox uh, tomorrow uh, beat the Yankees on your birthday, which will be extra bittersweet uh, for me because uh, I can torture you that uh, nasty Nestor Cortez lost to the White Sox. All right. For Vegas, I'm Ford. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Leave a thumbs up. Leave a five-star review if you're listening on the podcast. Patreon.com forward slash Ford in Vegas to get this show, this podcast, ad-free. That's right, ad-free. Patreon.com forward slash Ford in Vegas. Or, hey, you could just, you know, sub because tomorrow's Ford's birthday. You could do that as well. Shop. FordInVegas.com to buy a shirt. That's right. Shop FordInVegas.com. Buy a shirt. We have a new logo. Our new True Crime logo t-shirt is up and available for sale. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, again, don't forget the subscribe button and the follow button for Vegas. I'm Ford, and we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 